Hello. Hello. It says again. It definitely is. This is Mouth of the Clyde Sunday Brunch. We've bought all the Sunday newspapers, so you don't have to, and we'll weed out the shit for you. Because how expensive are Sunday papers? Can we talk about that first of all? The Sunday Times cost three pounds. Is that right? Yep, three pounds for Sunday Times or two pounds to subscribers. It's absolutely fucking massive, but three quid, like, no wonder like, journalism is dying. It's too expensive. How many did you buy? You bought, like, five or six. I got to be close to about 20 quid. Well, I spent 20 quid in Tesco, but I got myself some treats as well. I got some um, bamboo skewers because I saw a thing on Instagram that I'm going to, like, cut potatoes in a very, like, specific way and twist them. You know how when you go to, like, fairs or events or something, like, you get them twisted potatoes on a big stick? Are they twisty fries? Yeah, I'm going to make them today. But I had like a issue because the recipe I got for it says that you use cotilla cheese, which in America is not an issue. What is cotilla cheese in Britain? I have I've never heard that before, and I'm sure they're called you know, sticks here. Sticks. Yeah. I don't know about that, but um, I'm just, there's no possibility of getting cotilla cheese, so I'm going to just make it up. I'm going to make an Italian version with like garlic and uh, parmesan, something. Alright, that's... See, the thing is, you get Sunday papers and didn't get rolls, so did you technically get Sunday papers? I bought the Sunday Times and I bought some kale, so I guess they're taking up a notch. <laughs> but can I ask you, since we're doing Sunday brunch, what would be your ideal Sunday brunch ingredients? What would you like to eat? It's going to be a Martin roll. Just take everything fried. That is not a, a fucking roll. brunch. That is a disgusting it is a brunch. man's breakfast. It's not a fucking brunch. If you, brunch, if you're having brunch... like some fruit or a smoothie or avocado toast, like something fancy as a fucking brunch, mimosa with avocado toast. Johnny's Joint's got a brunch menu that involves totty scones and beans. I don't think we can count John's Joint as a brunch. Alright, but I, I do enjoy like avocado toast or I just enjoy beg, Begs Benedict, Eggs Benedict. But it's not it's not a native thing to you, it'd probably be fair to say you're more of a, a roll man. It's not normal for you to have that. It's kinda of, it would be kind of a, a luxury item for you to have a avocado toast, is that fair to say? Aye, well usually passing a greasy van, buying a totty scone roll, having a cup of tea, mostly getting having the guy be really, really racist and talking about football where I usually stand at the side and just ask for my roll to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, right, so you want to let us know, tell everybody what papers are you got, got today that you've been reviewing? I have a mix of a few things here. I've got one from the Herald, then I've got the Sunday Magazine, I think also from the Herald, but I've got the Mail and the Sun mostly. I've got Sunday Times, Observer, and some Herald. So we've got a, a wee mix of broadsheets and trash between us. Can you technically use the word trash? Well, tabloid magazines, tabloid uh, newspapers. You say that when when you hear the stuff that I've I've lifted from this, it's it's just trash. It's it's just not. Well, do you want to um do you want to kick us off with the most read newspaper in all of Scotland? The most read newspaper. Do you want me to go with? what I've got from it, because I'm sure that the biggest 
the two what biggest things was... Is, what's the biggest story, would you say, of this Sunday? Right, right on the cover, we've got Oprah. What's going on with Oprah? It. Oprah has interviewed Meghan and Harry. Oh. To, they have a video of her boarding her private jet, a $50 million private jet. And it's filming Bombshell. Bombshell? Bombshell yeah. after Bombshell? Yeah. I wish we had that, like, that noise, the Bombshell noise, to throw off, because you need that news. You know the, the one they always use? <laughs> they use in hip-hop. Well, I've got, um, I've got some news on the, the Sunday Times on the Meghan and Harry issue. The headline is, Hide behind the sofa for Oprah interview. Royal family is warned. Um, it's from Roy... You know this person? She's a royal correspondent for the Sunday Times. Her name is Roya Nicker. Are you know Yeah. Right, so the Sunday Times are saying, three days before severing the ties on Friday, the Duke and Duchess of Sussex made their move. Oprah Winfrey's intimate quote-unquote interview with the Duchess was filmed on Tuesday in the Californian enclave where Harry and Meghan are neighbours of America's first lady of talk shows that has emerged. Um, it airs next month and is likely to deliver what could be the most explosive revelation since the panorama confessions of Diana in '95, including Harry and Meghan's account of why they quit royal service and the UK. What I found interesting is apparently it's being billed as Meghan being the star of the show. Um, as we know, she's pregnant with her second child. We talked about that on Friday, but she's uh, going to be discussing stepping into life as a into as a royal marriage, motherhood, philanthropic work and how she handled life under intense public pressure, and Harry is billed as the Support Act. It's set to air on CBS on the 7th of March. It's called Oprah with Meghan and Harry. Meghan's got top billing. Um, and a bidding war for international broadcast rights is underway. But what, what, what do you think of that, Harry going to sit and fiddle? He isn't the American. Like, to him, it would be like Parky or something. Look, Oprah is God over there. Is not... And that, is sure that not some he... sort of rule if you're a royal family and you need to go top villain now. You would think that, but she would be the one that would be like, I want to speak. I've he's from the Royals, but I've survived the Royals. Um but, just if I can go on to another royal actually, because the Sunday Times got their front covers going that Prince William is very sad and shocked at his brother. It says uh, the Duke of Cambridge is said to be really sad and genuinely shocked by his brother's behaviour towards the Queen over the Duke and Duchess's um departure from royal life. And they're saying it's the most serious rift between two royal brothers since George VI was thrust onto the throne in '36 by the abdication of his older brother Edward. Um, and sources close to Prince William say he believed Harry and Meghan had been insulting and disrespectful to the Queen and was very upset by what was happened. I've just seen something that has made me laugh. It was on the Sun side. What's that noise? Do you hear that? Coming through the headphones. Oh, sorry, I haven't got an alarm plan. I've got a bit of sugar baby love, so sorry about that. Politics Scotland is starting to find me any interest in that. Um, so, I've got Rod Riddle here, says Prince Harry's acting like some YouTuber with an inflated ego. Mm. But see, and the, um, I found it interesting the Sunday Times that was saying that they've actually recorded this interview on the Tuesday. It wasn't announced they were leaving the royal family till the Friday, so they fully knew. They recorded this interview three days before it was officially announced, so they knew it was going to happen. I feel like they're very much in control of this, this whole thing. It is kind of modern life versus tradition here with it, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Like, but this is the same dude that dressed up as a Nazi for a, 
Halloween party a couple of years, like 10, 15 years ago. So know, but we don't talk a about live him. Wire. He's, um, now he's super woke, isn't he? Yeah. That, honestly, like I, I wish them best of luck and stuff like that, but I think the papers here need to just go over it because they're all over a lot of these front pages of these Sundays today, and it's like if there's meant to be going on me just now, you know, talking about Meghan and Harry, obviously, a lot I do of it, so let them go. But so can I move on to another royal story? Um, Duke of Edinburgh, Prince Philip, still in hospital, and yesterday we saw Prince Charles going to visit him, leaving in his car, look for looks with um, bloodshot and teary eyes. Have you seen this? I didn't see that. I... I did see Prince, like, he did travel over 100 miles to go he see did, them. yeah. But what I've heard um, from people I know is that visits are allowed even under restrictions if it's end-of-life visits. So I'm not saying that's what's happening, but it could be a possibility. I mean, he's 99 years old. We talked about on Friday. He's a, an older gentleman. We have a question there. Do you want me to click it? Uh, yeah, question. Let's go. So do you think like the media are using the royal family as a distraction tool um, for what's happening in Westminster right now? I think um, the royal family is always just a good cash cow to sell newspapers, to be honest with you, Hank Brownie. It is something like, being in the UK, it's always been something that it will always sell newspapers from back from what, I'm only in my 30s, but... From Diana to all those divorces, though, if there's something going on, you're like, it will always, it will always go to number one. Mm-hmm. And, like, and it's a big old week for the royals as well, because so the Duke of Edinburgh in the hospital. Charles went to see him despite lockdown rules yesterday. The Meghan and Harry things going on. Apparently, William's upset at his brother, and then um, Princess Eugenie, she's just a wee baby as well. And see the wee baby. Congratulations to her and Jack's book bank, by the way. Like the wee baby, that's good. Everything good. Is that the tequila man? Yeah, the tequila man, but the right. baby, his name is a wee boy, and he's called August Philip Hawk Brooksbank. And I think, like, so the rest of his names are kind of weird, like August and um, Hawk Brooksbank. Named after and, uh, the doom. Right. But anyway, but it sounds like Philip was sort of shoehorned into there, so maybe that could be a thing. Like maybe she's like, oh, I'll put Philip in because my granda's dying. I, was, I mean, that's what I would do if my granda was dying, what do you think? This yeah, is just but... speculation, by the way. I'm not saying the Duke of Edinburgh has died and unless he's went in the night and he's yet to be discovered by the staff, but um, it's just speculation. I would say so, but emotions make you do funny things with names, as you know. They just shoehorn a name in when someone's dying. Have you seen the picture of, of um, Prince Charles leaving visiting his daddy? Do you think he looked sad and like he was crying? See, he's an old man that's usually pissed, so every photo you see of him, he's always got like bright red eyes anyway, and like, big rosy yeah. cheeks, so... To me, I can't really tell, to be honest. But to go back to the question we had there, do you think this is a distraction from what's going on in Westminster, what do you reckon? Pretty much. It's going to sell papers. To be honest, the coronavirus has been pretty much the front page for the last year. So Mm -hmm. anything new will take over. And thank you for the question. I thank you so much for the question. And I think another thing that... um, that is kind of being used by the media and told by Westminster is putting a lot of attention on the SNP, which I think we're going to move on to next. Um, because there's a lot of drama. What's the drama? Going to Hollywood. We touched on this on Friday, but we have to go back to it again because there's been a discovery by an exclusive by the Scottish Sun, um, uncovered paper showing a key change was made to proposed rules for handling complaints, taking the first minister out of the loop just after the first claim against her predecessor. 
Um, what they're saying is that a document that was a, a policy document was altered a month after um, the, the November 2017 draft, saying that she's been informed of investigation after it's finished. So what they're saying is that there's been some some dodgy dealings going on, and there's a whole timeline for this. So I'm not going to read the whole timeline; it's massive, but it's in the Scottish Sun today. If you want to read on that, but what they're saying is that the policy document was edited a month after the fact, so it would kind of protect the first minister. But they reckon that there's going to be a switch up in her cabinet before the election, and they think her husband Peter Murrell, who's um, the CEO of the, the SNP, is getting the sack. What do you think on that? It would be the safest thing because he's going to be paid anyway, and so just put him on. It's it's one of those things where if they're going to sack him, it would be one of those, like she's going to get paid and he's going to be safe anyway. Mm-hmm. I think. But That's if a, she does, an awkward one for her having to sack her husband, isn't it? But he would probably ask to follow his own sword. It's probably more for show than anything else, I think, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Let me see here. I'm just reading here. So what she's been... Is the claims are that she misled Parliament about when she first learned of harassment complaints against Alex Salmond, failed to record meetings with him about government business, failed to notify the civil service about the talks in good time, and did not act on legal warnings and expensive legal battle against him was doomed to fail, and she denies breaching the code and says she's entitled to due process, which of course she is. But there's um, there's talk here about a senior civil servant having to basically been thrown under the bus for this. Let me just get this up for you here. Have you got any, any opinions on this, Brownie? I like the lady, and I can feel that this is the sort of thing that destroys like premierships, if you know what I mean. Just, mm-hmm. And like, whatever happens to this, it's always going to have tainted us. Mm-hmm. Which is a shame. Because especially from the guy, the guy beforehand, like you think he would have her back, and now it's it's kind of mucky. Um. So it's in here again, and um, as I said, the Times, I front cover the Sunday Times. The head of Scotland's civil service faces being ousted in the role of the Alex Salmond affair. Um, Permanent Secretary Leslie Evans will be heavily criticised in the report of the Holyrood Committee investigating the Scottish Government's botched handling of complaints made against the former First Minister. Um, Ministers have been discussing the need for an exit strategy for the 62-year-old who leads more than 5,000 civil servants and whose contract is due to expire in spring next year after nearly seven years in the post. Um, and it's quoted as an informed source, an anonymous but informed source, saying that the SNP MSPs on the committee are preparing to throw her under the bus um, with other senior nationalist sources to expect departures from Nicola Sturgeon's team. Her husband, SNP Chief Executive Peter Murrow and Chief of Staff Liz Lloyd are tipped to move as well. So basically it sounds to me as if they're saying but not saying a 62-year-old woman, been there for seven years in the post, close to retirement anyway, somebody needs to take the fall for this, so... Off you go, Leslie. You're taking it. But she still got her pension for that. Unless she gets I guess. I, I guess. I don't know. It sounds dodgy to me. Um, there's been warnings by Rape Crisis Scotland charity as well. Um, that the ruling has went against legal advice and could leave Parliament open to legal action. Some MSPs believe an attempt may be made to secure an interdict by the publication to avoid jigsaw identification of one of the complainants and the child of Alex Salmond, which led to him being acquitted of sexual harassment charges. So basically, like, there's we threw it up before, we haven't talked about it the other day as well, saying how you can't really disclose certain details and stuff like that, so you can be able to put together who yeah, potentially was, was that was attacked. 
but okay, Jake's on questions it. Are we'll get three. Three questions. Like, go for it. All right, let's let's go. Who let's is one. your favorite comedian from Australia? Who's your favorite comedian from Australia? We like Ross Noble, don't we? I like Ross Noble. Have you Ross mentioned Noble, that? Ross Noble's Australian, isn't he? Ross Noble's from Newcastle, I think. Is he? He, lives, he, he just lives in Australia. Noble. I think I just always like the thing we must do because I used to live there. I used to see him all the time at the concert hall in Perth. Let me see what all the Australians my favourite. Let me see. I used to watch what's that guy called um, that sang this. Eh? Jim Owen. Aye. Jim well, you've not mentioned that you've you lived in Australia for a time, so yeah, you should have I knowledge to... of this. But do you know who I daylight? I'm going to say I don't know if it counts as a comedian, but there's a show in Australia and there's a guy called Kenny. And it's like a sketch show in the UK and in Scotland. Really, we've got one called Lemmy. But Kenny is a shooting comedian that I really like. He's got a funny show. Um, I'm looking on here. Yeah. I think I'm going to go with Kenny. It's said on here that fucking Eric Banner is an shooting comedian. I don't think he counts as a shooting comedian. Let me see. A shooting stand-up comedian. The Hulk. The Hulk? Oh, that... Yeah, that's that. Eric Banner was the Hulk. Was he? Yeah. I thought it was like, that guy from um, 13 going on 30. Oh, no, this was one that was made by Ang Lee in, like, 2005. It was, yeah, okay. it was terrible. Uh, it was more about the inner turmoil of the Hulk, the Hulk than the Hulk smashing stuff, so it didn't go down well. So, um, I'm going to say that Kenny is my favourite male Australian comedian, and I like Hannah Gadsby as a female um, comedian. She's very, very funny. Do you have a favourite, Barney? I can't remember the guy's name, and I was trying to look it up. We'll but he was the, come back to it. But it was the guy that he was. He's got his own show in America now. It, like he used to be over here, and he really blue. I know blue is the sort of thing that you your nan would say. But I'll come back to it after I find out who it is. Yeah, uh, right, question. Thanks so much. For Can you do an impression of Nicola Sturgeon? <laughs> Fucking hell, no way. <laughs> See, our, uh, our lecturer in college does an impression that listeners annoy time and he just makes it as if she's like pure common as Mark. She's like, I'm saying what I'm saying and I'm not saying what I'm saying. He'll just say what he's a tell and that's that. <laughs> that's my impression at listeners and being a boss bitch. Right. Do you know, I don't actually know the situation with Alex Salmond. Can either of you just give me a quick rundown of what this big... Um, fiasco is what's actually happened yep we can do that I so the Alex Salmon situation is there was a court case um, and the, it was on it was on trial for 13 charges of what, what would you say not rape but sexual misconduct there was 13 yeah. charges of it um, and he was then cleared of it he was found innocent and all that sort of stuff and we made that clear the other day as well he was found innocent all them charges and that was fine but this is now an investigation in the Scottish Parliament a committee has gone through um, and basically saying that the Scottish government have admitted that they basically fucked up the investigation on this, and they then had to pay over five hundred thousand pounds for Alex Salmon's legal fees. But this is now the investigation in the Scottish Parliament at the moment is what's been called the Alex Salmon inquiry. Is um, basically seeing how the Scottish government fucked it up, so it could be avoided in future, just so people can. I mean, they should they across the board feel comfortable going to their employers with 
with issues if we feel uncomfortable at work, if something happened at work, mm. and there should be due process for that. And basically, it wasn't in place in the Scottish government, and that's not good at all. So that's what's going on just now. And there's um, basically evidence suggesting that the First Minister, Nicola Sturgeon, has misled Parliament and the evidence that she's given. It's kind of ongoing. So in stupid terms, he was slapping some bums and pinching and stuff. <sighs> so we've heard, and people told on him, and the parliament kind of talked it down over like, oh, we didn't know about it when it was going on. Is that not, like, in basic terms what it was? It is, yeah. And if you yeah. are interested in this story, there's um, a piece in the, the Herald today by a very, very smart person, Ian McWhorter, and he's more knowledgeable and, and clever than both of us, and he talks in a lot of detail about it and gives us his opinion on it. Ian McWhorter is a um, very reliable, trusted person, so you can check that out. I'm not going to read it because well, it's super long, but um, yeah. I could... I could put it on more Instagram if anybody wants to look at that. Probably um, a better so, source than me. Yeah, better source than us, definitely. But either saying that the cabinet is set to be sh- shaken up before the elections at the start of May there, and they think Nicola Sturgeon's husband, Peter Murrow, is getting the sack, which is drama. Uh, what else have you got? All right, do you still want smart news, or do you want me to delve into the sun? Listen, I've been in the sun. The sun can do some smart news. Um, I've got a, a one more thing, and then I think we can go into silly news. It's in the Sunday Times, by the way, if you're interested in that today. There's a magazine, the Sunday Times magazine, and it's got a nice bit of photography from uh, scenes of Glasgow 40 years ago by Douglas Corrance, the photographer. And there's pictures of like people in Kelvin Grove with an ice cream, um, just people outside shops and stuff like that, when people with like, the firefighters and some wee kids and the scouts and stuff like that. It's pretty cute and... They've colourised them all. There's some punks sitting in um, Kelvin Grove and stuff, but they're really cute photos. And also in the Sunday Times magazine, there is an interview with lawyer, Laura Wasser, who has dealt with um, celebrity divorces from like Johnny Depp, Maria Shriver and Arnold Schwarzenegger, Britney Spears, Heidi Klum, um, Mariah Carey, etc, etc. And is uh, reportedly, she is the, the lawyer for the Kim Kardashian and Kanye West divorce, which was officially announced yesterday. Um, she, they're saying that she won't confirm or deny the rumour. All she'll say is, I have represented members of that family for years and they're lovely and wonderful to do business with. She previously represented Kardashian when her marriage to Chris Humphries, a basketball player, crumbled after 72 days. So Kimye is on the out and potentially Laura Wasser is dealing with that. I have that too and I have what they're worth. What are they worth? Oh... Kim is worth $780 million mm-hmm. with her bulk of her fortune is her KKW Beauty Cosmetics, mm-hmm. which is valued at 500 mil, and the advertising endorsements for keeping up with the Kardashians are $60 million flat, her house, and Kanye is worth $1.3 billion. Yeah, that's quite sad though, and I feel bad for them. I feel bad for their wee kids and stuff like that because the stuff that's written online about them, their their will see when they grow up, and it's a shame. I will be able to watch it. What series is about it? Which is bad. Did you see the Peyton? No, what what thingy oh, was that? Oh. Kardashian was that with the wind of the beautiful painting, and people were like, I, no, was, "No, they didn't do that." That was Northwest. That was Kim's daughter. Like he knocked out a uh, that painting guy that I like. Bob Ross classic. Yeah, Bob Ross. Right. 
I've got another, another great thing for Sunday Times magazine. This is from the Style magazine. It's just the way they worded it. I think it's absolutely brilliant. So it's called, they're talking about six successful women and they've done profiles of women. And this one, I thought was funny. Samantha Cameron is the founder and creative director of fashion label Sefin. I think it's pronounced C-E-F-I-N-N. She is working from home in the Cotswold with her three children and her husband, David. And in it, she is quoted as saying, Dave does breakfast and lunch, and we always try to have lunch together. And doesn't mention at all that the David is the husband is obviously David Cameron, ex-Prime Minister, but he's just so <laughs> casual, so casual. I'm talking about her husband, David, making the breakfast. So that's David Cameron's wife there in the Style magazine. <laughs> would, would, she be, would he be doing it? Did he not buy, like, a beautiful caravan thing? I don't like, know. Sh- I, I don't know. To um, write other you... questions? All right, let's go. The Northwest painting that looked like some six-year-old woman had done it. <laughs> yeah. Aye. The North, it was beautiful, though, but I have seen things in Northwest before that she's very like artistic and stuff. Did you see the fucking Birkin bag that they got Kim Kardashian for her first Mother's Day that they let Northwest paint on? It's like, basically a newborn baby, and she just fucked up this super expensive bag. Like, it's mere money than sense these people, obviously. No, we've got another question. But yeah. I... David Cameron is a prick. <laughs> yeah. Can we leave with that? Thank you, Ethan, for that contribution. <laughs> um, right, um, speaking of dildos, we do have a, a, a thing here from the Sunday Times. That's a link. That's a link. Um, that, so I wanted to talk about this. If there's any children or anything listening on age 18, please tune out now. But if, if it's grown up listening, that's fine. The retailer Anne Summers has said that the sales of premium sex toys over £100 or more were up 160% between November and mid-February compared with the period the same year. Um, and sales of the quietest vibrator, the Whisper Rabbit, are up by 60%. And I wanted to talk about this, not because I'm trying to promote Anne Summers, but there was a, a piece, you know, that Zoella, the YouTuber Zoella, she yeah. put a thing on her wee website a while ago and got a whole bunch of kickback because they were saying her audience is teenagers and stuff and she shouldn't be promoting sex toys. And her argument was that her audience, maybe yes, once was teenagers when she was. They've grown up with her. But they've grown up now, and so they're people my age, or people in their sort of late twenties, early thirties, and stuff like that. And women shouldn't be embarrassed of having sex toys. And this is even saying about how they're buying the quietest one. You shouldn't care if you want to have a sex toy and if that's what you want in your life, you get it. Don't have a quiet one. Don't be worrying about it. You should be able to express yourself and explore your body and things, and that's perfectly normal. Don't let anybody make you feel bad about that. You do whatever you want to do. Are you talking about, you You would rather buy a quiet one than buying that Sibian, the one that's just technically a V8 engine with a dildo on it? It would be interesting to use that, though. <laughs> I, I think probably any any men that you're with after that, though, you wouldn't have any sensation, so it would feel, feel bad for them. Yeah. Uh, we've, we've got more input here. Got... Hey, I found Scottish people. Sorry, you're the first other Scots that I've come across on this app. How you doing? <laughs> Happy Sunday to you. Thank you so much for the comments. Scottish people are the best. Support the Scottish people. Um, what else we got? Yeah, definitely agree with that. And um, Lily Allen has um, brought out her um, own sex toy. <gasps> has she? I'm really interested in this. You know, I think we should buy some celebrity sex toys because there was one that BuzzFeed, I think it was BuzzFeed, was it? That they've released? Yeah, BuzzFeed have the buzzer, yeah. I think it's massively interesting. I think we should look into it and get some celebrity sex toys. What's your opinion on it? Like, you're a man and you're sort of mid to late, he's almost 40. What's your opinion on if you had uh, a partner that had a sex toy? I'm trying to work, work my, my words here. I have no problem with it. Mm-hmm. Let's say 
have no problem with sex toys and around sex toys. Does it make you feel emasculated in any way? I know it's just another tool. Yeah. 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 I'm, right. I'm just watching this because I know I could get sued for libel if I use anyone's name or anything <laughs> like that. So... Right, let's go next comment. Oh, yeah, for fuck's go. sake, man. Can't any of these people that complain about shite lighten up? Like, what's the point? Her her audience is teenagers, right? So that's, you know, 16, 17, 18, 19, right? Okay? And that's fine. But, you know, any teenager know, needs to know about this stuff. So it's not, exa- it's not exactly like it's going to be a secret. They already know this stuff anyway. Good point, Ethan. Right. I think that's very important as well because there's actually that we talked about this this week. There was a study that went out saying that um, there's been a charity talking to parents and saying that they should be talking to their children about sex either because, like, for example, my cousin Scarlett, she's only just turned seven and she's got her own wee phone now. So when kids are on their phones and tablets and stuff, you don't know what they're accessing. And I feel like kids these days will be introduced to sex and these topics and things much earlier than, than our generation was because it's so readily available. Even if they're not watching porn directly, I'm not saying that, but like things you're exposed to online, you're going to grow up quicker. Like, what do you, what do yeah. you think on that? Uh, can I say two things? One, the, the whole idea of what she got banned for was she was, that her website was allowed by the the English like school board. So she yeah. was a, a safe site that they could oh, go on. Oh, she was and, like for GCSEs, was it? Yeah, so yeah. they could use her site. And they said, we don't know if that's a good thing to bring that up in GFE, GCFE dildos and that. So that's how she got quiet. Maybe, maybe it should be, because we were talking about this as well. Me and my husband were saying about how in school you should be taught how to balance checkbooks. You should be taught about things like this. And not that, like, most people that you talk to don't even have any education on how to like, put a, a condom on or any stuff like that. But the fact that they're like hiding people talking about this, it just makes people feel ashamed that, no, you shouldn't be masturbating, you shouldn't be comfortable with your body, you shouldn't be doing these things. And there's nothing wrong with it. Everybody does it. It's your body and you should be comfortable with touching it, talking about it knowing what you want, knowing what to ask for. There's no shame behind it. And the perpetuation the media put across that this is in some way some sort of taboo makes me so, so mad. I think it's ridiculous. Right. You went to a Catholic high school then? Yeah. I went to a non-dom and we got this big pink willy thing taken into life skills and we all had to sit around and pass it around and everyone had to put a condom on it. Then a sex ed teacher like gave us a grade and like, oh, there's a bubble in it. You can't, that will blow up. Then they handed out to, like, second years a whole bunch of condoms, which I remember that Mr Mitchell, history teacher in Greenock Academy, that someone put a glue stick in a condom and he went and got... He went and got a headmaster to come in and give us any trouble because he wasn't going to touch it. And he was like, look, they're a prophylactic. They're a prophylactic there. So in America, week... it was quite open. Like when I was in school in America, it was quite open, and they talked about the STDs that you could get. They, they talked about use a condom and stuff like that, and things that could happen. I feel like I got a better sex education in America, and I had a weird situation here when I moved back to the UK because it was in my religious, well, the RE class, religious education class. They talked to us about sex in there, and that's a very weird combination. I feel like. More comments here. Should we go to comments? Go to the comments. Yeah, I definitely think there needs to be more information out there telling teenagers that it's no shameful. It's like, it's good, it's enjoyable, it's healthy. Mm-hmm. And putting stuff like that out and making Zoella feel bad for bringing a brand out or whatever it is she was doing, 
I think that's just getting off the impression that what she's saying is wrong and people mm-hmm. should feel shame about that. It's terrible. Yeah, yeah, totally agree with that. Yeah, you can find that stuff online. For back in my day, you just found pornos under a booth, and that was it. That's how we would learn. We'd find it like a mystery. It would be just a, a wet book with boobs on it. Did you ever find a, a wank rag in the park? Yes. Did you? I found it. I found it in the annex, and it was just pages. Me and Greg went looking for the Ark of the Covenant because it was just pages ripped up. And we found nudie cards <laughs> up the Lyle Hill. <laughs> and we followed them like breadcrumbs up to the top of the Lyle Hill. It was fantastic. <laughs> it's just, I, I never felt like, I don't feel like a prude anymore. I'm happy to talk about sex and I feel quite comfortable with it. But I think that's because of the way my parents are. My parents are so, so open. I could have asked anything. Like, even when I was a wee lassie, they gave me a book about sex and stuff. Well, not a porno book, but it was a book that taught you about your body or about all that sort of stuff. And like, are super open about it. I could have asked anything I wanted to ask. So I think that's like, affected me and how I, my feelings about it and my husband is an ultra prude like about anything like that and he was raised the exact opposite of me so I think it definitely does make a difference in how you talk to your kids how you approach it and the attitude you've got around like you know sex and development and stuff like that because it makes a difference later on in life definitely um, oh without a doubt my mum was very open we've got three do you want to go and see what they're saying yep go for it right you go on tiktok and I know they've banned like any rude words because they know there's kids on the platform and stuff but you go on there and people just get around it straight away. You go on the For You page and people are spelling sex, like S-E-G-G-S, meaning sex, but it spells sex, or S3X. And it's like, you know, there's no way you're going to get around kids learning about this stuff or at least being curious when they find a new word that they don't know about. So they're going to be, they're going to know about this stuff anyway. So what's the big deal, really? It's not like you're glamorising it because there's nothing to glamorise. It's just people doing what they want to do. Yeah, people are going to find it somehow, some way. So it's it's better to learn about it from a, a place that's sensible and is going to give them actual facts rather than seeing porn websites or asking their mate about it. It's just going to like sort of perpetuate wrong information. It's better that we just have conversations with kids. Like, if you had a kid, Brownie, what age would you talk to them about the, the birds and the bees conversation? I think it's getting younger because back in the day it would be like 12 and stuff. It's, like, it's almost you don't have to speak to them about it. It's more now of like, you know about that, don't you? Nod, nod. Mm-hmm. Like, the internet, I, I wouldn't want the internet to find out, like, to be their teacher. Like, I would rather do it myself, but like, how do you police that? Do you just block every? Do you just block the internet so they can't go on anything like that? Do you, you know, I remember that back in the day in school that, remember they had the block so you can't go on dirty sites and stuff like that? Mm-hmm. I'm blaming Andrew James Elder for this because it was him that told me and I, I remember testing it out. <laughs> the, in, Gnook Aca- in Gnook Academy, you couldn't get on the Disney site, right? Mm-hmm. But you can get on Farm Teens. What is Farm Teens? I want to know. You can work that out. You can work that out. Oh, no, no, you no, could no, get, no. So we did what any person would do at 15 when you found out you can get Farm Teens. And we saved it as the background of every single computer in the school. It never <laughs> says it was us. Oh my god. Right, let's go to so, another comment. Well, this is just the British establishment and the media manipulation down to a T. Because, you know, you get the Daily Mail and all that saying, basically making a taboo subject where there's no one, just because it doesn't fit the, the, the views or, or reflect the views of their readers. So... 
it's the it's a vicious circle we're in because these people are never going to accept like people just doing what they want to do because it never suits their agenda. Aye, and I think it's a, aye, it's like a very much a, a British attitude to be ashamed of like sex and stuff like that. Don't want to talk about it. But saying that, like we are journalism students, full disclosure, but we're not terrible people. We're going to hopefully go into the media and try and make it a better place for our contributions. But um, we've learned in our journalism studies that the best selling paper in the UK is that because there was nuts in it. It was a, a topless lady. Yeah, that's how they sold it. Slap a big pair of titties and pasty. Mm-hmm. And people will buy it because I mean, it's like, like you know, the readership for the Sun and like, Daily Mail and Record and stuff like that. And back in the day, News of the World and that type of thing. It was all like sort of taxi drivers and like dads. Like, I remember back in the day, like, if my dad or my granddad was buying a paper, it was the Sun or something like that. Would, is your family like that? Like, sort of working class sun, people typically go to that type record. of thing. Sun Daily Record and the Racing Post. And I would put to you as well that a part of that could be cost, you know, because going to buy all these papers today. Three fucking quid for a Sunday Times. People are not going to pay that. All right, we've got another question. Yeah. When I was growing up, there was little to no uh, sex education or anything about condoms or anything like that. And it got to a situation where uh, someone that was in a year above me um, started fucking on a park at, like, the age of 13, 14. And mm-hmm. instead of using a normal condom, because it... You wouldn't want to go and buy one. He used a packet of crisps, a crisp packet as a condom. And I thought, poor girl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there always a rumour about someone in your that. school that's used that. We I know that's not good. That. That's terrible, but like, fucking hell, that's excellent. That's a brilliant story. Like, I love hearing stories laughing, like, you know, pranks that people play on their last day and stuff, and like the wild rumours that go about people's school. I think it's amazing. Fucking hell, though, imagine, like, shagging a guy like, with a crisp packet on his knob. That is rough. That would be rough. It depends on what kind <laughs> of crisp real packet. Rough. <laughs> <laughs> See, there's always a rumour about someone in your year. Like, we won't mention names and stuff, or I'll probably yeah, end up getting yeah, battered. Yeah. But there was someone that was meant to get... Oh, that poked himself with a... With one of those chemistry things. A test tube. There was someone that poked himself with oh. a test tube. I remember that. Or uh, there was someone that poked himself with a doll's leg. There were a lassie in my year that was meant to get humped on a seesaw. What the fuck? There, there always one. I bet you there was the one in your school that someone would be going all that. I even had one. I kissed two Pakistanis at a Nirvana concert. And this was in like 1996 because I was a gay boy. But so I seen Nirvana in nineteen ninety six. I remember that. That was a rumor about me. Oh my Jesus! My comments. If these honestly, we cannot be held accountable for these comments. If this is wild stories. Well, let's go. <laughs> no one go. wanted to talk news, but as soon as we talk about fucking <laughs> commenting people with crisp packets, right? Go for it. Here goes. Come on, Ethan. Yeah, there's always that rumor in school that somebody's used a crisp packet. <laughs> That is true. <laughs> oh my god. Right, next. Especially if it was pickled onion monster munch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would oh be sore. God. I'm like crying. What flavour would you, would you want? What flavour would be the right flavour to use as a condom? There's no right answer to that question. There's no right Con answer. Cocktail Hi, or... this is Royce from Australia. 
I'd just like to take this opportunity to tell all the listeners I've got a massive Johnson. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks very much, Roy. Thanks, Roy. It, man. Well, Thanks. I, there was a girl, actually, like, later on, when I was, like, I don't know, 16, 17, she was, like, two years above me at school, and she put a glass bottle up her, you know, and um, it smashed, apparently. It's the way the rumour goes, anyway. You never know if these things are actually true, but you would you wouldn't put it past some people, would you? Do you remember that fucking there's like a person in Big Brother that done that like on the first night of them and put a champagne bottle up there for he? Was that uh, was that not saying wasn't Jade Goody? Or I don't mind sorry the name of Jade Goody. No, it was Kinga. Oh Kinga. Kinga. The Minger? Kinga. Yeah, I remember that. I mean, let's just imagine that, like, like, imagine for her family, like, you know, seeing the neighbours next day and be like, oh, I seen your daughter on Tyler last night, you know, she's like, fucking neck deep into a champagne bottle, but a moly right up there. Jesus. I would like to go back and touch on something. Royce, how big are you talking in inches? Listen, don't yeah. encourage Royce, because we don't want to hear about his long clothes. Continue on. I mean, like, prawn cocktail skips might be alright. <laughs> We should probably move on. Let's even do any recommendations for you because you've been looking for the new quavers lately. And we... Yeah, I'm looking for the cheap, the salt and vinegar quavers or the prawn cocktail quavers, but I can't find them anywhere. Not yeah. in Tesco's. But mostly because I just go to Tesco's, so I don't know if they're in any other stores. Right, so if anybody's seen them, get in touch, let us know where they are. Um... I think we should wrap up here before we continue talking about any more of these sex stories. But we're going no, to I've back. got some stories here. Like, I've got my dog news for this week also. Have you? I don't I've know any dog do- stories. Because, all right. Who's this? Do I click it? Oh, we've got two. No, it's Royce. He's going to be talking about his wonkle again. Oh. Let's just say last time I flew overseas, I had to pay excess baggage. Is that because you have a lot of shoes, Royce? Or, like, why would you, like, if, if it's connected to, why would you have to put that in the holes? I've never heard of a penis being called a Johnson before. The only reason I could think is that Boris Johnson is a massive dick. I wouldn't argue with you on that one, no. I mean, I'd be more impressed if you had to pay for an extra seat to sit it on. I, I don't think the car was quite there. I don't think Royce has quite got it. But anyway, moving on. Dog stories. We're probably going to go to the audience now. We're moving after shagging, but move on to the dog. I risked the dog on the catwalk. Yeah. Lady Jean's pooch is getting a modelling deal with Zara. And that what? is... The dog? Lady Jean Campbell's dog, her chocolate brown dashhound Minky, mm-hmm. is now going to be the face of Zara's first pet collection. The pooch is seen posing in a woven basket, wearing a black leather jacket co- and a collar. All right, watch it for that then, doggy modeling. There you go, there it is. Because I like to cover my dog stories. Now, I've got three others here, right? Four. Yeah. We've got a Harry Potter story about one of the first books going for sale for 40k. No, I didn't talk about that because that might trigger people. J.K. Rowling's cancelled. Right, J.K. Rowling's cancelled and so is that story. Have yeah. you got anything else? I've got no, racist Muppets. Racist Muppets? I think we want to mm. hear that. 
Right, so the 1970s Muppet Show has been brought back on a Disney Plus, but it was made in the 1970s. So there's going to be a whole bunch of like blackface, and when Johnny Cash is on it, there are a whole bunch of rebels, rebel flags and stuff, and people are saying like they shouldn't put this up and it's a wrong thing to do, and they have to put this warning now, pretty much saying like before shows, like before Peter Pan, before Aristocats, and before Dumbo, there we thing going. I this happened back in the day. Like, don't judge us. We know it's a wee bit wrong. Like, you know that... Or the crows? What was it? Dumbles with the crows that were... What was their name again? Like, the Jim just, Crows. Oh, Jim Crow. There you go. The Jim Crows. It's, I, I think that seems to actually been cut to the movie permanently, I heard. And they would never put up oh, Song of the South. Like, you'll never hear Zippity Duda. Like, that is gone. Because it's massively fucking racist. Massively fucking racist. No, but I've seen there's a thing that there's a ride at Disneyland that apparently has got the Confederate flag still up. You'd think they would get that to fuck at this point. Was, do you remember the the big wood, the big log flume thing? I can't remember the name of it. I've been, well, you know, the one that you go up and you always see the photo of it. It's, yeah. I, I, that Splash was Mountain. Splash Mountain was it? Did you do that? That had yeah. all the characters from Song of the South in it. I think they're changing that to something else now. Mm. Oh, see, listen, by the way, we should say before we forget that we're doing a competition that's running until the 5th of March, that if you subscribe to the podcast on Spotify or wherever else, we'll buy you a dinner. £30 Domino's voucher, so subscribe. We'll buy you your dinner. Can I get that? You can't get it, no. Right. Somebody else, um, somebody else that's subscribed. Maybe Ethan, our favourite contributor, Ethan, there. Share it out, um, comment, subscribe, and then we've got most of the whiskey play Instagram all, though. We've got whiskey also, don't forget her. And I like her as Aaron well. with his, his giant Johnson. No, Royce, he's, he's Royce? massive wonky. Alright, there we go. Right, we've got a comment here, Janet. I was born in the 70s. I often find myself twerking to the Doctor Who theme music. <laughs> that's, you, that's true. You get opinions on that, Brownie. I think you do. Who is on. your favourite? I'm a I'm a Whovian myself, Royce. Who is I, your favourite Doctor Who? And like, are you talking like the eighty disco one? Is the rest of McCoy like dancey one? Or are you talking more the irreverent strings of the later seasons of of what they've got now? Who's your favourite Doctor, Brownie? My Doctor is Sylvester McCoy because I was that's what I kind of grew up with in like the eighties. I caught the end of that. I really mm-hmm. have a soft spot for Capaldi. Like Capaldi's like the ultimate doctor. I don't mm-hmm. his writing wasn't that good. Like it kinda got a wee bit weird with the writing and mm-hmm. every love everyone loves tenant. What about yourself? Because I know like with our friendship, the Who comes along with it, so I've dragged you through the Who. I love Peter Capaldi. He's my favourite and he would just be my favourite anyway because I love him and everything that he's in. He's so funny and he's a lovely man. Peter Capaldi is the best. Do you have any more stories, Bernie? I have two. I actually have three, right? So we can go see. What was the thing about the seagull? All right, because that's my closer. There's nothing I can come back with with that, right? Right, okay. So we can talk about, because there's a documentary, let me do one quick. There's a documentary on Wednesday and Thursday about Luke Mitchell, about the Jodie Jones murder. That's always Mm -hmm. interesting me because I was a teenage goth. Mm -hmm. And they're going to try to disprove, like, it's three ex-policemen that's going into pretty much disproven show things that they've never seen before. So I don't I don't actually know much about this. I was out of the country when this happened. This Jodie oh, Jones yeah. murdered. What, what happened then? Can you tell what happened? Alright. Jodie Jones was murdered 
Oh, she was a goth. Oh, her boyfriend was pretty much the subject of it. He's saying in this thing through an interview that he he's using the Damon the Damon Echoes defense of I was the only weirdo in tune, so of course they would be pointing at me. Mm-hmm. But he found the body. They said that he was the only suspect. Look from the very beginning, and they're saying that he was bullied in the toilet by policemen and stuff, and. Every time that he's went for it, that they've knocked him back, like for parole. And this is just oh. a platform for his mum and these police people to say that these are the things that, because there were DNA on one of her T-shirts, mm-hmm. and it was her boy, her sister's boyfriend. But they're like, oh, that's because she boiled it off her sister's boyfriend, not because. Oh, dodgy! So this documentary is looking further into it, is it? Yeah. And when this is this on? on? Wednesday and Thursday night. I will be watching that. What channel's on? Channel 5, sorry. I should have mentioned right. that. Channel 5, Wednesday and Thursday night. Okay. Uh, what else? What's your last one? Oh, well, there were... Uh, I'm just using this as an excuse to talk about it. There's someone reviewing the Britney Spears document, the Free Britney documentary. Oh, I'm sure you watched yes. that. Yes, yes. Anybody else watch the Britney Spears document? Any opinions on that? Hashtag Free Britney. <laughs> Hashtag Free Britney. Oh, a comment. I... Somebody's trying to phone us as well. We're not going to answer the phone calls. It might cut this off, but we'll answer comments, right? So I'll play this. The best doctor was in the 80s. He, he had like um, frizzy hair and he wore a scarf. <laughs> and um, he, he he was killed Daleks and shit. He's talking about Tom Baker, and I would have okay. to agree. Yeah, they all killed Daleks, but I'll say that. But uh, the guy with the scarf and the mental hair. Yeah. Absolute shagger. <laughs> All right. What are you going to next? Thanks, Big Shrek. Uh, no, I was just going to say about the British Spears documentary, and they were in this, they're talking about how the Diane Sawyer thing and how pretty much the way it was pointed that they're just making it look. Well, it's just all from Britney's thing, all from Britney's point of view. And yeah. they were just saying it's a, it was pretty much a cult reaction. It'll be interesting. We need to keep an eye on that and see what's going to happen. Um, but I think we should um, head shortly because I've got stuff to do, so I'm going to go. But if you want to get in touch with us, we're going to be back on Wednesday. For another Can I talk about my last one? No, we've not got time. We've not got time. Well, you don't want to hear go. about seagulls? No. Not... Well, do it quickly. Do the seagulls quickly. A seagull ate my tongue. Oh, Job God. bites his tongue off. Then after he spat it out, a seagull stole it. How did he bite his tongue off? He went to kiss someone, they bit their tongue off, they savaged them, then he spat the tongue out, and a seagull nicked it. Right. Good night. That's all for the day. That's definitely, you right leading up to the end. Um, we're going to be back Wednesday. If you want to email us, mouthoftheclyde at gmail.com or on Instagram at mouthoftheclyde. We'd like to hear your comments and input. Royce, we hope you're going to be back. We love hearing from you. Um. Everybody else, thanks for your co- ah, yeah, so thanks so much for your comments. Thanks for getting involved. It's nice again for you. It's nice to be back chat. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Hope you've got nice plans, and we'll see you on Wednesday. See you later. Bye. Bye.